With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to The Other 99, a podcast to equip the church for community, discipleship, and mission. Uh, we're your hosts. My name is Guy Wimberly. I'm Bethany McFarland. And I'm David Godbold. Hey, everybody. Um, good to have you all back with us. Um, we are continuing our series of, of lay interviews slash interviewing ourselves um, <laughs> with the last of the three of us. We're, we're, we're talking to Bethany. Barbara McFarland this week, um, and uh, we're we're really excited to hear um, what she's got to bring to us today. So, um, Bethany, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, so a little bit about me. Now I live just on the outskirts of Atlanta. I'm married to Nathan. We've been married a little over four years now. I guess it'd be four and a half years, closer to four and a half when this podcast airs. And we have two dogs who are our pseudo-children, Henry and Alla. They're precious, and I love them. Now, didn't I, you have another dog growing up that was a companion to Alla? They never knew, they never knew each other. We got really? Alla six days, or five days after we had to put Bama down. Okay, um, but th- th- there's your connection right there. I bet mm-hmm. you can't guess what yeah so that was my father's doing if you haven't listened to the episode where we interviewed scott barber let's see what episode number was that um episode 34 chances are alabama comes up like 10 times in that episode um (laughs) that's the house i grew up in so some other things about the house i grew up in born and raised a pastor's kid um Again, if you listen to the episode where we interviewed my dad, you hear about his career as a pastor. So that was really just an interesting way to grow up. I I mean, I liked it. I'm not trying to say it was terrible or anything because it wasn't. I think I had a lot of great advantages because of that. I'm very thankful for my experience as a pastor's kid. Um, One thing that I think is great that came out of that is I came to know Christ at an early age. You hear a lot of people who have their stories of going through a lot of struggles and finding Christ through that. And that's wonderful and a beautiful picture of the gospel. But I think because of the house that I was raised in, I was spared a lot of that. I've had some difficult lessons. I've had to learn other ways, but um, came to know Christ at a really young age. But my faith didn't really start becoming my own until about middle school. Um, That's when I started a discipleship group, which we've talked about in probably every episode. Um, that we've launched, but something that I think is critical to active, growing Christian faith. And another just important thing about my spiritual upbringing is I was encouraged to serve and to disciple others as soon as I began to really develop spiritually. 
So that's just a little bit of my background, kind of where I'm at now, where I've come from. So there's awesome. That. So, so you said that, um, and, and I think you said this before on the podcast, uh, or I've just known you for, for long <laughs> enough that you have said this in conversation before. Um, but you said that faith, your, your faith really became your own in, in your middle school years. So y- you mentioned discipleship groups, but, but kind of on a deeper level, what did that look like? And, and what, what did did you learn in in that chapter of your life what were you being taught yeah so let me pause just really quick and give you guys all a heads up that this episode's probably gonna be a little all over the place um i've known for (laughs) a long time now that i would be sharing my story on this podcast and have been meditating on and praying through lord what is it that you would want me to share and instead of it being one bigger ticket item he's like here's a bunch of little lessons I've taught you that I think are important for people to hear. So that's where we're going. There's probably going to be a ton of rabbit trails throughout the process. Um, some of them will probably make it through the editing process. So you're welcome for that. Uh, <laughs> but just want to give you guys a heads up for that's kind of where this is headed. Um, just some different life lessons I've learned throughout different phases of my spiritual life as well as just physically aging because that's a reality so (laughs) middle school is really when my faith became my own um like sixth seventh grade and what I learned throughout this season was it's not all about you which is probably a good thing for most middle schoolers to hear if not just (laughs) most people in general and I still have to repeat this to myself daily but also like not just is it not all about you but it's really not about you at all and where this really came to light for me was my first trip to Brazil so my I mentioned that I was born and raised a pastor's kid for a large chunk of that time my dad oversaw the missions and outreach for our church and we were partnered with a network of churches in Brazil so I was very blessed with the opportunity to get to experience overseas missions pretty early on So my first trip to Brazil, it was a construction trip, and I was a month away from turning 13. Small female on a construction site. I was not very helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't take that news super well, but I remember sitting there like wanting to help, wanting to serve, and feeling so discouraged that, one, all of these very kind great Brazilian men who we were working with were looking out for me as a woman saying like no put that down like this isn't what you should be doing let us work for you instead and then also being a child and kind of being oh well why don't you just go play we don't want you to get hurt feeling like I didn't really have a purpose but through that I was able to learn that it's not about me at all the purpose of us being there was to show Christ to the community that we were in and for some of the people on the trip that meant building the church what it looked like more realistically for me and my brother was playing with the kids in the neighborhood making fools out of ourselves pretending like we knew what soccer was so that kids weren't getting in the way in the construction site and that was something I did I don't think I fully processed until several weeks after we got back discussing my experience with my discipleship group but just a 
scripture that kind of comes to mind that I think encompasses this is John 28 or John 3 verses 28 through 31. And I'm going to read that to you guys instead of botching it. But context for this, John's disciples come to him. This is after he's baptized Jesus and says, basically his disciples are saying like, hey, Jesus is going and doing these things that you usually do. Like, what what's that about? Um, they're just like not really sure what this whole relationship is supposed to look like. So John's response is, you yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. And I think that just encompasses kind of what I learned on that trip specifically and what kickstarted my own personal walk with the Lord was it's not about me at all. And my joy is seeing Christ realized for others. So kind of moving on towards my later teenage years, I found myself in a relationship that was just very unhealthy. And after breaking that off, was not in a good place. And the Lord provided a friend for me throughout that season that really helped me rediscover my self-worth, which anybody who knows me, like, for me to rediscover my self-worth, like, it's baffling that that was ever a thing in my life. I've always been the most ridiculously overconfident person, like, from the time I came out of the womb. Um, <laughs> see, they're laughing because they know it's true. Um, so for me to be in that, I was I was so far from being myself that... Like, looking back, I don't even recognize who I was. And the Lord provided me a friend through that, and the rest of high school was pretty great. I actually look back on high school and really enjoyed my time there. Probably wouldn't go back. If you paid me enough money, I would. Um, (laughs) But right after I graduated high school, this friend of mine died somewhat unexpectedly. He had cystic fibrosis, um, which... If you listen to Ashley Patterson's episode, which was two or three episodes ago, you can learn a little bit more about that disease and ended up passing away due to a complication of that. And I remember feeling perhaps the most broken I've ever felt in my entire life, just completely helpless and useless. And up until this point, I had always been taught, like, God's never going to give you more than you can handle. That is a lie. Everything about that is not true. I was sitting there in a place saying, God, this is more than I can handle. I've been taught my whole life that you'll never give me anything more than I can handle. So what does this mean? Like, do you not love me? Do you not care for me? So sitting there in that place of feeling completely overwhelmed, completely alone, and not knowing why the Lord had forsaken me or that's how I felt in that moment I now know that's not at all what the truth was I had no idea how to respond (laughs) and the only way to respond to that and the way I did respond was turning to the Lord and saying why is this happening why why have you put me in this position it's okay to question God like I talked just talked about how like ridiculously self-confident I am God can handle your questioning. It's okay. Um, We've talked about doubt 
in this podcast before. Go back and listen to those episodes too. Guy, include that in the show notes because I can't recall it right off the top of my head. Um, you got it. You don't have our entire catalog memorized. I'm so <laughs> I do have the spreadsheet <laughs> open because I've already referenced it a couple of times. <laughs> um, but through that, I just really learned like God is going to give you things that you cannot handle because it forces you into a place where you have to realize that he's the only one who can carry you through that there's a like super cliche like cheesy example of the footprints on the beach and god why is here there's a spot where there's only one set of footprints and oh child it's because that's where i was carrying you um As cheesy as that is, like, it's so true. And I think that's something that's really important for all of us to remember. If you feel like you're in a place that is so overwhelming that you can't do it on your own, it's because that's the truth. We're not called to do this on our own, whether that's physically, like, other people are super important, too. But first and foremost, turning to the Lord and bringing him your burdens, bringing him your questions... And realizing that he's the only one who can help you carry that burden and help you learn and grow through it. Man, that's good. Um, Don't even want to move into the next question. We could just sit right there. Um, (laughs) But on we go. Um, (laughs) I told you, uh, lots of little bits in this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so, so we, we've talked a lot about um, just how we all met at, at college. How, how was your faith shaped um, during that season? Yeah, so that's something where I don't know if this is going to be meaningful for anyone, but and like I kept trying to dig up, like, how can I further expound on this? And it was coming up dry. So we're just going to throw it out there, and whoever needs to hear it, I'm trusting that it's going to fall on their ears. But for me, like, third time mentioning self-assurance is my number two strength, if you're familiar with strength finders. Um, With that comes the tendency to just be very upfront, very blunt, unapologetic about it. And I am still all of those things. I have to remind myself and keep myself in check and listen to others when they call me out on that crap too. Um, Cause that's not always healthy. There's a time and a place. There's a not time and a not place. So for me, <laughs> where college is really where I saw a lot of this come to light in impact 360, I'm including in my college experience. Um, if you don't recall from previous episodes, impact 360 is a Christian gap year program designed for students just out of high school before they go off to a university setting. Uh, It's a one-year academic program, focuses on apologetics, Christian worldview, and leadership. So in that community was where I really started learning. It's best summarized through Colossians 4 verses 2 through 6, which says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. 
I will always describe myself as a person who is full of salt and seasoned with grace. I did say that on purpose. Full of salt, seasoned with grace. That's just my natural being. That's sinful. That's wrong. Clearly, the scripture calls us to be full of grace and seasoned with salt. And the reason I included the verses leading up to it is because it's important for us to understand that in the context of both interacting with people inside and outside of the church. And that's something where I felt like I was really good at putting up a front like, oh, yeah, you need to know Jesus, so I'm going to be nice to you. But all of you little heathens over here who do know Jesus and just don't have your crap together, I can be super blunt and hurtful to you because you should know better. And, like, that's not the case at all. And, again, this is still something, like, to this day I'm still working through. And I'm convinced, like, this is just... Paul talks about, is it Paul or Peter? Gosh, this is bad. Um, Talks about, like, having a thorn in his side and, like, just something that he has to live with and has to carry throughout his entire life. And I think that just my natural wiring to be a very straightforward person can be a thorn in my side. That sounds super dramatic, but it's something that I have to be constantly mindful of and aware of, and it's very easy for me to fall out of that habit. So... Whatever that looks like for you, just be aware of it. Call it. Own it. Ask for forgiveness when you need to ask for forgiveness. Um, But for me, that's what that looks like. And that's kind of what the Lord really taught me throughout my college. Or one of the things that the Lord really taught me throughout my college experience was how to best relate to others for the sake of living the gospel. Not just preaching the gospel, but being the gospel. Something that a, a lot of people that we've talked to about this podcast, a lot of our friends that we uh, went to college with, some, uh, a uh, common theme in the conversations that we had with them when we were starting to, to, to launch this podcast was about how difficult the transition from college to adulthood, or as the kids say these days, adulting, um, in super massive giant that? air quotes, <laughs> um, uh, and and how hard that transition is. So, um, we've been out of college now. What for four or five four plus years? years. Com- coming up on five years. Uh, so obviously we're experts in this transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But and they've uh, done that. Right. Um, (laughs) What did you learn during your transition from college to to the real world? Yeah, so this was actually something that I think really rooted in me um, starting in those middle school years. And I didn't see the full manifestation of it or the full importance of it until I found myself in my recent graduate state and that's just the importance of community and like I said I've been in discipleship groups since since I was in middle school to some degree I've been helping lead discipleship groups since I was in high school and I think that was something that I always just assumed this is what normal Christians do and it wasn't really until graduating moving to a new city and essentially being by myself I mean I was recently married but marriage is not 
the entire community that you need. <laughs> That's setting you up that for a true. very unhealthy marriage. Because um, I'm an expert in that, too. Um, <laughs> based in my experience, you need more community than just your spouse. Um, but that was something where I found myself suddenly in a place where everyone who I was closest to was hundreds of miles away from me with the exception of Nathan and very thankful to have him. He was very, very patient with me during this time. Still is every single day. Um, But just wherever you're at, the importance of a, I mean, technology is so great right now. Like two of my best friends live hundreds of miles away from me and I talk to them every week and David and Guy, also two very close friends. We talk almost every week, hundreds of miles away from each other. Mm-hmm. And that is wonderful. And if that's the only thing you have right now, then that's great. Dive into that. But I really just want to encourage everybody to dive into community that is close to you, that is in your town, in your church. And just a few things that I've kind of learned about community, its importance to discipleship and spiritual growth. Um, I'm just going to kind of bullet point these off. But in Genesis, we see that the first not good thing is for man to be alone. And I think that's something that's really important to remember. So God creates all the earth, creates man, looks at it, is pleased with his work. But then he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Up until this point, everything's been perfect. It's like, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is not good. Um, So we see community being created. And so I think where we really see that is the scriptures talk about how we are created in God's image. And you see the Trinity. We've got God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit who are all living in community actively together. And that's something that didn't start with humans. That's been ongoing forever. So I think that's where we see it modeled well in God's relationship with himself, essentially, and why it translates over to mankind. If we're created in his image, we're created for community. The two just go hand in hand and cannot be separated from one another. That doesn't mean there aren't times where it's good to seek solitude or to be by yourself for reflection, but just as a whole, you need to have others around you. Another place we see this is with Jesus and his disciples. And one common like rebuttal against that that I've heard is, oh, well, that was just the culture then. Like if you were a rabbi, you had disciples who followed you around and did everything with you. But you see Jesus continuously using inclusive language with his disciples and bringing them in. And again, that might still be the cultural norm. But how many times did we see Jesus not bat an eye at breaking a cultural norm? If close community wasn't important, he would have done away with that. But this is something that he chose to stick with and he chose to model. And we've got all kinds of history that leads up to how people were taught and why the rabbis had disciples who followed them around. And I think that the Lord has worked and had his hands in a lot of that. That's not scriptural. That's just my opinion. Um, So feel free to disagree with me on that. Let me know if I'm wrong. But again, we see Jesus do things like heal on the Sabbath. That was something that was so taboo. He 
he has no regard for what human tradition has been. So if it wasn't something that was important, I don't, I don't think he would have had a second thought about it. So Jesus models community for us. We've got a lot of scriptures that talk about community. The author of Hebrews in chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, talks about spurring one another on and loving good deeds and explicitly says, do not give up meeting with one another. Like it's important to be together. We also see a ton of inclusive language all throughout the epistles. And I know a lot of those are letters, so those go hand in hand. But it would still be very easy to write to one specific person as opposed to a community. So I think all of those are just little things that we see where God's word is continuously pointing us back to the importance of community. Hey, thanks for thanks for sharing that with us. What what is kind of as we close out here, what what has God been showing and, and teaching you lately? <laughs> There's a lot of things I could say here, but I'll try and keep it somewhat brief. Um so really like the past couple of years the overarching theme of that is all healthy things grow and truth be told like this phrase I put into my life not like it's a super complicated phrase I couldn't have come up with but I can't take credit for it um I was having a conversation with a pastor about my concern for the direction that a church was headed And the response I was given was all healthy things grow. And that was strictly in relation to the size of the church and trying to grow the church quickly. And I heard that and I was like, that makes so much sense. All healthy things grow. Like, yeah, obviously, if you're a healthy person, you're going to grow. And if you're a healthy plant you're gonna grow if you're a healthy dog you're gonna grow like that that seems normal that makes sense okay yeah cool I'm bored with that and the more I sat on that and the more it came up in different places in my life I realized it's not just about size and stature but just overall health so that's kind of what has been sitting really heavily with me right now um And like coming to grips where I was not growing. And that was a really hard thing for me to even acknowledge that I had become so stale. Um, Like, guys, this is like while we were doing the podcast, like the Lord taught me things through it and it's been beneficial. And I hope that that's been the same way for you guys, too. But like, first, I want you to hear, like, just because we're sitting on the side of the mic doesn't mean that we've got it all together. We know all the answers. Like I was at one of my unhealthy, spiritually unhealthiest places ever while putting together a podcast to help equip the church. The Lord can work through imperfect people. I hope that's certainly been the case here, but all healthy things do grow. That is true. And not just in stature, but first and foremost in health. And Looking back on it, hindsight's twenty twenty. we all know that, but some indicators to me that I was not healthy that I should have picked up on way before I did um, that I just want to share with you guys because I want, I mean, I just want everybody to take a moment and pause and reflect like, am I healthy? Am I growing right now? Or in what areas am I not healthy? In what areas am I not growing? 
um so the first first indicator for me was that I was showing a huge resentment for serving and there was a there's a ton of factors going into this I was put into a position where there was no there was no space for rest there was no space for grace and both of those are important and if you find yourself in one of those situations like specifically within the church please talk to whoever your supervisor or church staff member is about that and about putting up those healthy boundaries because that is so important to have but if you find yourself getting to a point where you are resenting serving especially within the church like that's a really good indicator that something's not right whether it's with you or whether it's because of another person that is affecting you. In my case, it was both. Like that's something that's so important to listen to, to dive into, to figure out what the root is and have whatever necessary conversations that are full of grace and seasoned with salt. Um, so that's one thing that I think is important for everybody to look for. Another thing is a lack of respect for authority. Again, this is something that I think most often it's a personal reflection. Like for me, it was just showing that I was so calloused that I felt like I couldn't learn from someone who I viewed as flawed, which is stupid. Like That's just so dumb because all of us are flawed. Um, like I most of all. And I think that's something that if you find yourself where you are constantly, even if it's just inside your own head, like, discounting what other people are saying discounting what other people are telling you the lord's been teaching them and the lord's been growing in them like that's not your place so if you're finding yourself in a place where you're showing or feeling a lack of respect for authority i think that's another good indicator that something's not healthy something's off that's what it was for me and another thing and this might not be the most like church PC thing to say but if you find yourself in a place where you're solely relying on academic knowledge of God or the converse solely relying on how you feel I don't think either extreme there is healthy for me I was solely in an academic place like and that's not to say like you absolutely will go through seasons where you don't feel the presence of God I think he withholds himself from us from time to time to grow in us you have prophets who are crying out to the lord in the old testament saying like god where are you i haven't heard from you that's something that is scriptural we see it but to find yourself in a place where you're where you're not even focused on that you're not even concerned that you don't feel the lord moving in your life that's another good indicator that something's not healthy and there's dozens of others those are just the three big ones that came up in my life and again hindsight's 2020 I didn't realize until I felt like everything was stripped away from me that that's what was going on um but sure enough like I found myself in a position where I was called away from a church that was family was home was community and that was hard (laughs) but the Lord has shown me so much through that that my dependence on him needs to come first and foremost which is pretty much what I said I learned in high school and see how it's resurfacing like the Lord works cyclically as well 
um, you're going to relearn lessons for the rest of your life if you're anything like me. <laughs> um, so all healthy things grow. Another part of that, um, first check, let me start that over. All healthy things grow. First part of that is check yourself. Where are you not growing? What could be the root of your staleness? And the other part is pruning, which I'm not a gardener. I would love to be a gardener. I have a beautiful backyard that would be perfect for a garden if my dog would stay out of it. Um, (laughs) But I do have some blueberry bushes that I like to take care of, mostly just because I love blueberries. And I kid you not, like I was out there, this was maybe a month ago, and I was pruning my blueberry bush and through that the Lord's like, all right, we're going to teach you about pruning. Not a fun lesson ever. Um, and it's one of those like you hear in Sunday school all the time and you're like, oh yeah, cool. Like you got to cut some stuff off so that it can grow better. Yeah. So the Lord's going to cut sin out of my life and that that's cool. But that's not exclusively the case. So sometimes that means taking out good to make room for better. And one way where the Lord has just provided a very concrete example of this, or I guess really symbolism for it, is my house is like falling apart. Um, That's not true. I've mostly rebuilt it. Nathan has mostly rebuilt it. Um, I've helped. (laughs) But six months ago, we found mold in a large portion of our house and had to gut everything. And this was like just a couple months after we left our church and we're feeling just spiritually exhausted and seeing how we had to bring our house down to the studs and then disinfect the studs, replace some of the studs, has provided such a perfect picture of what's been going on in my spiritual life as well. Like There's so much crap, so much mold and just disgustingness that's had to be ripped out. And I'm sure it's not all gone. Like There's probably still a whole lot of it that needs to be cleaned out. Even going back to some of like core things I believe about myself, um, realizing that I have found so much value in what I can do for other people. That's not a bad thing, but I was treating it as my identity as opposed to my identity of being enough in Christ, whether or not I provide value to other people. And that was a core, like that was a stud on a load-bearing wall that had to be replaced in my spiritual life. Um, so it was through pruning my blueberry bush that Thor was like, you see all of the stuff that's been going on physically and spiritually? Here's how it all ties together for you. Um, <laughs> and I think the Lord speaks to a lot of us in those ways. We just have to be in tune to see where he's drawing the physical and the spiritual together for our own understanding. Cause Guys, I'm so dumb. Like, if I don't have a picture to see it, I'm not going to understand it fully. But the Lord knows that, and he provides that for me. And I guess that's, like, really, for my life as a whole, that's just my overall theme. Is like, the Lord has provided time and time again, even when I didn't know what I needed. Even when I felt like I was in a great community, the Lord took that away from me because he knew I needed something different. I needed something better. Even when I, the Lord had provided a friend for me, realized I was using that friend as a crutch, took him away from me. Like so many 
ways the Lord has delivered me from my own false theology. So the Lord's faithfulness and provision have definitely been true in my life. I'd encourage all of you guys to reflect back on your stories and see where the Lord's been doing that for you as well. All right, so one last thing that I just kind of want to close out on is a scripture that has been really encouraging to me during especially these past like six to eight months where all of this rebuilding both physically and spiritually has been going on. Um, Psalm 126. Psalm 126 is just what I want to offer as encouragement for those of you who might find yourself in a season of spiritual rebuilding. And I'm going to read it in its entirety because it's only six verses. So I think you guys can suffer through that with me. It says, (laughs) When the Lord brought back captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues filled with songs of joy. And it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. For sharing um, <clears throat> all your tidbits of your life, um, uh, that was that was really good. Um, yeah, there's like 17 different episodes that we could probably fill up with, <laughs> with that. And but man, that was really good. Um, so uh, for for the second to last time, guys. Oh man. We are pulling in to the recommendation station. So, ah, guy, what's your recommendation? I am sorry that was probably horrible <laughs> on all of the audio things it's fine. It's fine. that you do. I have been <laughs> so kind to you in the past, and I just ruined all of that. And by kind to you, I mean on the scale of not being absurd <laughs> audio things. Um, and uh, that was I apologize guy (laughs) oh man Um, yeah I I think um, I think the big overarching theme in Bethany's story um, that stands out to me is just um, talking about you in the third person (laughs) here It's just um, just a life lived out of just um, close relationship and close intimacy to Jesus, and um, that's that's something I've I think been yearning for lately. Um, just recognizing that that's that's not really something that I've had, um, and. Uh, one of the books that I'm reading for class um, that really I think kind of gets gets at the heart of that um, and what that looks like is um, two books: uh, "The Great Omission" um, by Dallas Willard. Um, it's a collection of his teachings. It wasn't originally like planned to be one book, so it's kind of scattered. Um, but all of it is kind of just underlining the need f- for um, for that relationship. The basic idea is that when Jesus goes out and tells his disciples to go and make more disciples, he's telling them 
to disciple them into that relationship with him and that can't be done apart from a relationship with him um so that's a really good book and another one by um dallas willard that i'm working my way through is hearing god and a book like hearing god a title like that you might think oh like you know (laughs) that'll tell me like you know tips and tricks for you know how to how to hear from god and in prayer and and that's in there but i think it it casts maybe a bigger vision of what that actually looks like and and it's it it's big kind of overarching theme is um just the need for daily intimate walk with jesus i'll second that one um those are my two recommendations yeah yeah i'm only on like chapter three and it's great yeah so in light of trying to stay on, on, on topic and, and kind of following the footsteps of, of what Guy was saying, um, I, I want to re-recommend a book that I recommended a while ago. Don't worry, I've done that tons of times. Um, <laughs> I know, yeah, it happens. Uh, it is uh, Eugene Peterson's Along Obedience in the Same Direction. Um. And it, it's it's about the this this faithfulness in, in little things being being attentive when you're having your 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 ears open when you're trimming a blueberry bush to hear what God's saying to you in that like um, that that story just like sticks out in my mind uh, and I think it will for a very long time of the whole tearing the house down into the studs and and just all those images yeah, it's a little um, too real <laughs> but yeah but um and i didn't I, I haven't like physically gone through that uh of like actually pulling a <laughs> i house can put you to work if to you're looking for some experience <laughs> next time i'm in atlanta i'll uh i'll swing by um but but that that is a a, a, a recommendation and and then um the recommendation that I actually had written down for this week was um, was a, a, a podcast that uh, I bet you can't guess who launched it. I'll go ahead and tell you. It's John Mark Comer. Um, he and, and uh, I'm blanking on the other guy that he launched it with. It's another one of those. Mark Sayers. Yes. Um, called uh, This Cultural Moment. Um, and and it's, it's looking at it, it is almost kind of this peeling back of looking at the studs um as as culture moves past this uh it, it i i would argue that culture was never christian but it was very heavily christianized in in the west um there's a lot of fingerprints of christianity on Western culture, um, and as culture shifts past that point into what the the big word that people use is post Christendom, um, but where there's this reaction against the the, the Christian fingerprints, uh, it, it's 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 a look at where does the church go, where does the church look like in in this changing culture, um, and and I highly recommend that. Um, uh, I uh, at at this point, I think there's only been three episodes. By the time that this episode 
drops there will probably be two or three more um and everything that i have i have heard on there's been really good and i really like john mark homer so um i was going to recommend it even if i didn't <laughs> like it but but, uh, <laughs> but probably so um so Bethany, yeah so got? i've got a song <coughs> that i'm recommending which is so not like me um but this was part of our like worship set on Sunday morning and it just really spoke to me and kind of as I was Sunday morning that was yesterday oh my gosh okay um guys it's been a whirlwind (laughs) past 24 hours um but I knew that I would be recording my story tonight so I would this was in context of all of that and just remembering the Lord's faithfulness in my life Um, But the song is called Do It Again by Elevation Worship. And like the chorus of that says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And that was just something that we were worshiping yesterday morning. I was just reminded over and over again, I can have confidence in the Lord because he has not failed me. And he's shown himself in ways that I didn't even know I knew. Like, I didn't even know that I needed him. So that's my recommendation. I think it's a great song. It's also very well done, which makes it a lot easier to like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of beef with some some Christian music. So. <laughs> so that's my recommendation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys. Yeah. Do y'all do y'all realize that our next episode is is the finale of every other week episode? It that dumb. It is it is a monumentous occasion that you're not going to want to miss. Yeah. Um so we've got some we've got some ideas. Yeah. It's going to be off the hook as the kids say, about 15 years ago. That's what the kids said. That is what we said. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, yeah. So tune in next week for, not next week, in two weeks for that. um, But between now and then. Yeah, in in the meantime, if you want to... talk with us connect with us a uh, couple ways to do that um facebook we're we're all over facebook um <laughs> we've got uh um on facebook we're at the other 99 um we have a uh, we also have a facebook group um the other 99 podcast community um Twitter and Instagram, um, we're at at the other 99 pod. Um, and then if you want to have a, a kind of a longer conversation with us, um, you can get over us on over, get to us on email with, um, the other 99 podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, even though we're coming to a close, we're, um, for now, um, we'd, we'd love to, We'd love to chat with you, and um, even if it's not in the next two weeks, all of those lines of communication are still going to be open. And and like we've said, uh, this is the end of of the podcast as an every two week thing. It is it is not necessarily the end 
of the podcast. We've got some ideas that we're kicking around for the future, um, and we would love to hear any ideas y'all have. Y'all would like to see us visit and and maybe have, have a few episodes about, um, or, or people you would want to talk to, or if you want to talk to us, reach out to Absolutely. us. We want to hear from you. Yeah. And until yep. two weeks from now, bye bye, y'all. Yep. Bye. Let me be full. Let me be empty. if you put that at the end if you put that at the end of the episode but please not right here clearly that was just just in case this does make it to the end of the episode that was bethany not myself a guy that was all bethany i did owned it i do all right so judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details